Welcome to PhD with Woman on It, Hack the Future. My name is Data Young, and today's PhD Positivity Hack delivered will be by our guest, Kelly Howey. Topic, Networking Strategies to a Seat on the Board. Episode 83 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on women on IT, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hustle because empathy is my mojo and empathy is critical when you are working on your networking strategies to a seat on the board. Let me remind of about the things that have been happening in our community. Paulina Zenevich, congratulations on finishing the, your first course, Certified Customer Success Manager Level 1 by Success Coaching Incredibly. Way to go, Paulina. I'm sure you're going to go even to higher strengths. Cindy Gallup, our guest previously, Great news, Make Love Not Porn is offering eight free credits for every purchase of Cindy Gallup's birthday bundle in celebration of MLNOP Week of Thanks. Finally, congratulations to Rear Admiral Joanna Nunyan for being the first woman appointed as U.S. Merchant Marine Academy Superintendent. She spent more than three decades in U.S. Coast Guards. She is the right leader to train the future U.S. Coast Guardsmen. In today's episode, we are going to learn networking strategies to a seat on the board. Women hold only 28% of board seats on the Russell 3000 Index of Publicly Traded Companies. In an increase of 2.4% since 2021, but this number is still far lower than what is necessary for a company to be considered a truly inclusive one. There is no question that networking is a powerful tool for career advancement, but when it comes to landing a seat on the board, it can be even more critical. That's because the vast majority of board seats are filled through personal connections and relationships. So if you're serious about joining a board, you need to start building your network now. Kelly Howie, our second time guest here on Positivity Hack Delivered, is the best person to teach us how to build our networks to increase our chances of getting the seat at the table. A network building expert, Kelly is the author of Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Relationships in a Hyper-Connected World. She's currently working on her second book, which focuses on the unique networks women need for career success. Kelly has been lauded by Forbes and has contributed to a variety of publications, including the New York Times. This and other unexpected career opportunities, she notes, are a direct result of building a network. Kelly, lovely to see you here. 68 episodes later, one and a half years later, where in the world are you today? I'm in New York City, and it is so good to see you, Beata. So good to be back with you. 
I am so grateful for that uh, message you are sending us uh, and I encourage everybody to join Build Your Dream Network newsletter because Kelly is giving us hints and tips and also shares a little bit of her personal story and journey. And if you're dreading another conversation about how to work a room on on handout business cards while munching on chicken satay, you can relax. Randomly schmoozing is not what we are going to talk about tonight, is it? We are not. We're going to talk about intention. Being very focused and understanding all the pieces that you need to have in place that, you know, increase your chances of achieving the goal that you want. And in this case, if it's to get on a board, well, we've got some ideas. Absolutely. And Kelly is very intentional about building her network. Uh, Last uh, episode, uh, when she talked about building her network, she gave us access to her newsletter, which was going way, very methodical way, how to build your network. Do you have some material for us today or are we just going to let our viewers ask us questions? Well, I think we should get questions from the viewers, but I've got a great case study in here um, on um, someone who was very successful in networking to get on a targeted board Um, and and someone who had pulled together, I want to say their desire, their skill set, where they needed to fill in gaps, and then just very intentional networking over a four-year period, yes, for years and then landed the board seat on the board that she had really wanted to get on so uh, we can we can talk through that but uh you know i think there's some things before in terms of women on boards that we should really talk about you had uh, shared i think with everybody and um, with your newsletter and your posts some of the stats in terms of you know, the number of women in board seats um, and what's going on. And I read through all of that. First of all, the fact that so many consumer companies now have more women's on boards doesn't surprise me. Women drive economics. The largest wealth transfer in human history is going on because that money is being earned by and transferred to women. So smart companies, financial institutions, consumer packaged goods, you know, the consumer products, retail, that they get that and they're adding more women on their boards doesn't surprise me. Uh, Some of the data that, you know, showed, and I think it's, this is, and we'll get into this, you know, boards of directors still have a bias and this is not a bias exclusively on gender or on race, religion, sexual orientation. When it comes to boards, there's a bias on the experience and skills. So they're looking for CEOs or other C-suite. They're looking for someone with P&L, you know, responsibility, you know, profit and loss. They're looking for someone with international experience. So this is particularly with public boards. So when I think about women getting on board, you talk about the networking, some of that networking starts earlier in your career to start networking 
to get the responsibilities, to get the projects, to get those opportunities, you know, raise your hand to do those things that flesh out your resume so that there's not this glaring, you know, kind of gap in there. Um, you know, the other thing we need to kind of talk about on all of this is Beata is, um, you know, opportunities. It was lovely to see in the materials that you had had circulated that there was a lot of women appointed um, in the last year or so to boards, but that also means there's vacancies, whether those vacancies because someone has rolled off a board or that an, an additional seat has been created on a board. But things that I think that in terms of good corporate governance, and this is outside of the control of someone desiring to be on a board, is a term limits, like you can't don't get to sit there on a board for 30 years, right? That kind of thing. And the limit of the number of boards, particularly public boards, someone can sit on. And I say that, you know, as an investor, being on a board, particularly a public board, that's a full-time job. You can't have eight, 10, 12 of those things to pay attention to what's going on. When you think of some of the tremendous financial fiascos that while we're seeing right now in the crypto world that we've seen with in the past with companies like Enron, when uh, Theranos, like if there had been true corporate governance and people on the board who were paying attention and realize that, you know what, I can only sit on so many of these things to really monitor what's going on, then there'd be more seats and more opportunities for other people to fill. So some of this, like I said, I think it's outside of our control, but let's talk about the stuff we can control. And I, you know, get, 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 to our, get to our questions. And there's two areas where I think we as women, you know, well, we do, I did mention one we have a little control over, like what's your career path and what are you raising your hand for in terms of projects, assignments, roles, that kind of thing. Now, Absolutely. So let me just stop yeah. you because we have the first comment, uh, Leanne Georgiades. Great to join your uh, you this evening, that and Kelly, woman on it, networking power, woman. Exactly. Keep it coming. Keep these comments coming, and uh, whatever is on your mind, tell us where you're joining us from, and uh, tell us what your struggles are. Uh, Kelly, just a little note yeah. on that. Um, there is uh, actually some people, I mean, some men here in Malta who are sitting on 30, more than 30 boards, just as a side note. So, yes, there is, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Accountability, um, zero. Anyway, let's no, but get... Yeah, like you step back, but this is where you sort of switch your hat and you step back as... Um, someone who is interested in a strong economy, someone who is interested in a return on your own investment, regardless of gender, regardless of capability, someone sitting on that many board seats is cannot be paying. There is physic. You cannot be paying attention to what is going on in the, that investment. And I don't care if, you know, I would almost say, I, I, you know, Beata, I'd seen a, um, Someone wants in a profile, and this woman was quite proud. She sat on like 30 different not-for-profit and community boards. And I sort of read it and thought, I'm not giving my money to any of those organizations because you cannot be paying attention to what's going on in terms of the governance. It's it's just impossible. You know, I think the right number is probably around three. 
Um, you know, maybe I can be challenged on that, but that's a good number for someone to be paying attention. So, um, but let's get, let's go to the fun stuff. Let's talk about what people can control beyond how they raise their hand for assignments and projects and roles and all those kinds of things. Your network. Yeah. The myth, the fact that sitting on board is not just sitting, right? What does it mean? Exactly. Well, I mean, you're, you, the board, well, as someone said to me once, the board's chief job is to fire the CEO. <laughs> right. So a board, you're not doing the day-to-day -day management, but you're going to be keeping your eyes on all of this stuff to know whether or not the CEO and the C-suite are doing their jobs. Mm -hmm. So, yep. you know, when a board says they didn't know what was going on, then I say, well, that's, you know, sort of like ignorance of the law is no excuse. You weren't doing your job in monitoring what the CEO was doing, full stop. And in that sort of situation, I'd be like, that whole board should be fired. That whole board should be liable to the investors because they weren't doing their job. Their job is to, to make sure the CEO was doing their job. And if they don't like the information they're getting in a board package, if they don't see and like what information is coming their way, if they have questions, they need to ask about it. And, you know, I've seen board packages, depending on the company, particularly public companies, those, you know, you're going to spend a few days going over that stuff. That isn't just mm -hmm. some nice, that's not just some nice little paperwork you take to a meeting. You, you got to mm -hmm. read and understand it. You got to read those financials. And anyway, so that's the rule and of the board. question then, right? I mean, like if you look at FTX, apparently one of the ways they were approving their accounts was with um, private chat with emojis. I really, I really like, it. like, I really would like to see the board minutes of that one, a bunch of emojis that would look like, yeah, it would exactly, it would look like a chat channel. Like, no, no, that's what I say to that. Like, you know what? Like if you're going to be building a company and this is, I think if any listeners on this, women are, you know, starting their own company, their entrepreneurs, get the governance right from the get-go. Get it right from the get-go when you, I mean, this is also an element of control. This is when you have control of your company and just sort of establishing what you want as a board, making sure you have an independent director, you know, all of those things. But um, again, let's go, um, to the fun stuff to help women out because i think there's two places networks and private boards this beata is where there are opportunities for women um, not to say that there is an opportunity with public boards but that's you know a different that might be a different hurdle and for some women they may be in a position right now that they're like well i'm at that point in my career where i'm not going to be a ceo i'm not going to have pnl and i the days of relocating my family overseas are over. So what's in this for me? And this is why I think the networks and why we should talk about private company boards, because as the information you sent me showed 86%, 86%, right? Of private company boards don't have the diversity on their board and there's ways to overcome that. So. Yep. Let's get there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about networking. Um, one, I, I promised you a, 
I promised you a humorous insight uh, as it was at a board panel that getting on board panel that I attended years ago. And it was with an organization called 100 Women in Hedge Funds. So very accomplished Wall Street, as well as um, financial services women. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how to network to get on boards. And there was all sorts of stuff on it. And one of the women just took the mic. Um, and the woman is Diana Taylor. And she sits on a number of public company boards. And she said, you want to you want to know who to network with to get on a board? Old white men. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, you know, that may not be the answer, but you need to look and think who's on this board. All right. Maybe you maybe you already have connections into them. Maybe you are um, maybe you belong to the same community group. Maybe you have the same not for profit interest. Maybe you belong to the same, you know, church or synagogue or temple, um, whatever it may be, right? Um, maybe you know them through work as an acquaintance level, but you need to get to know those people who already have access into those because they're the ones, as, as you noted, Beata, you, the, you said this is like most of the sort of particularly the public board stuff, that's word of mouth kind of thing. And so you need to have them talking about you when you're not in the room. So map out your network to figure out, all right, how am I connected into, you know, some of these, you know, old white, old white dudes. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. We have Josie uh, uh, Kassar joining us. Josie, I'm so delighted you're here because it was because of you I brought Kelly again to us. Because Josie, a couple of uh, weeks ago, uh, when I was speaking on the panel, she asked us, uh, I mean, me, Mariella, who was also a business professional woman, founder, she was also talking about bringing more women onto board C-suite um, positions. And uh, Josie asked us, so how to get on a board? So there you go, Josie. Hi, it's Josie from Mota. Unfortunately, I think many boards are comfortable keeping the same members, especially if the members are complacent and aren't ready to question and challenge status quo because they have been there for so long themselves. Absolutely agree with you, Josie. Let's tap into that uh, network of white guys talking to white guys about other white guys and break that cycle with Kelly. Right. Well, this is where I'd say finally, this is where investors, this is where the investors need to get vocal. Like, I'm sorry, you've got board members on here who have been here this length of time. Their experience, like, thank you very much. Your contributions, well done. High five. Here's, you know, the rubber chicken dinner to, or the glass of wine we're going to raise to you to thank you for your service. But we need skills and experience that is more relevant for these economic times. And, uh, or we need board members who don't 
aren't stretched so thin so they can pay attention here. And I think that's got to come if, you know, the board's not doing it, that's got to come from the outside and say, you know, enough is enough. As an investor, I don't like, I don't like this as good corporate governance. I don't like this to make sure that we are getting the best, I, as an investor, am getting the best return from having my money in your company if you've got stale male pale and, you know, too long getting cobwebs board members. Like, no. Uh, so that's, you know, find the rabble rousing on the outside because any change or turnover is good and starts the habit and shines the light on where the problem is when you have complacent board members who are not rolling off. So mm. I, mm. I'm so glad that Josie raised that. Oh, absolutely. So Josie says that's so unreal. Thanks so much for giving this topic the right attention. Absolutely. One thing, ladies, here is a call to action. Number one call to action. If you see injustice, if you see somebody, especially though these companies who are uh, public companies, uh, they are listed on Mota uh, Stock Exchange, call it out and say, I'm not buying X, Y, Z because they are not supporting diversity. I wish to buy X, Y, Z if only they had more women on board or C-suite, C-level uh, positions. Right. And, 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 and the relevant experience, like I said, that, that we need to run companies in this digital, you know, secure, cybersecurity, you know, international global era, right? An era where you have a complete changeover in terms of, you know, the, the, the nature of the workforce, the number of generations in the workforce, the number, the needs and demands of environmental and the ethos of younger generations who are coming into, you know, voting power, you know, working all that, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that is not necessarily someone who, is um you know of a generation that retired at age 65 and is now like 80 years old sorry yep different mode of life <laughs> sorry mm, survey says no that, nope. that kind of stuff so yep. so that you know this is where i say get active from on on the outside um and start figuring out how you can you know assuming you have the right experience because like i said that's something that's in our control ladies like think in advance how you're building a skill set recognizing that there is this ongoing bias that might be a longer time for anyone to overcome in terms of what they think and particularly of public boards but you know back on the networks let's um Beata, let's talk about the case study yep in my book yep. which i really love with um an entrepreneur by the name of devin brooks and Devin uh, was successful entrepreneur. Um, she started, I'm gonna tell you, she started a company and she start, launched a, a, a category. She's the one who started blow, blow dry bars. So all of us can go somewhere and get a, a blowout without a cut and a color and all the rest of that kind of stuff. She exited. Now, when she exited, she thought about what she wanted to do next. She's like, I'd like to sit on a board. But you need it to be really realistic. It's not enough just to say, I want to be on a board and I've been a founder. So I've been a you know, C-suite. She's like, I've got really great marketing skills. Like she's like, I'm a marketer. So does a board need my marketing skills? 
So she looked around and there was an organization called Futurepreneur Canada that she's like, you know what? I want to get on their board, their national board in Canada. They help entrepreneurs. This, this is an area I know from living experience. It's a, it's an organization that she had experience in as a founder that she had received support from, but she's like, that wasn't enough. So first of all, she stepped back and she was really realistic about her skills. She thought about where she needed to maybe fill out some gaps. Like, let me learn more about what it means to be a board member. So she sat on a local um, not-for-profit board just to kind of like, let me get some on the board experience. And she found one that was very professionally, like they ran their board like a corporate board. She also took a board readiness to just like, hey, I wanna know the terminology. She wasn't like, oh, gee, I'll do this course and I'll get on a board. She's like, no, I want to understand the terminology. I want to talk the talk before I start raising my hand. She then looked at the board she wanted to get on to and she said, okay, what do I need to do? I need to pivot how they think about me because they think about me as a entrepreneur. And I need to now see that I can be of service to them. Where's the opportunities to do that? So she had to wait and watch. Where were the opportunities? Now, it was fortuitous. They got a new executive director, a new CEO of Futurepreneur Canada. They were going to do a rebrand. And Devin's like, hey, that's my sweet spot. I can help you out on that. So she raised her hand and said, let me know what I can do. I have benefited from this organization. And by the way, you know what? One of the things... I want to do ultimately is get on this board when there's, you know, if there's ever a possibility, I want to be considered. That's probably a better way of putting it. So she knew by raising her hand to help the new CEO, executive director of the organization, that she would come in contact with board members. So she intentionally, as part of this helping on this new rebrand project, she intentionally got to know board members to the, to the degree that she like, took a flight to go in, on her own dime to go and meet one of them in person. And she did this, I want to say, networking, getting skill set, doing it for years. And she was successful because there was an opening seat on the board. The board looked around and said, what's the skill set we're missing? Who like Who's not at the table based on skills? And they're like marketing. And everyone's like, well, that's Devin. She's been working with us. Oh, I know her. Oh, I've met with her too. Like they were talking behind closed doors with her and she got the seat on the board. So there's an element of this of skill set, the strategy, like, all right, where, what's the actual thing? And then there's this persistence or grit. So not like, oh, I'll just put up a nice little pretty board resume and people will think of me and I'll have lunch with them every once in a while. Like what are things you can do to constantly get in someone's face? And they can see how you could work with them. Oh, right. Like she was easy to work with. Oh, she, you know, she was giving us some really good insights. Oh, she was really responsive. Oh, I could see myself sitting around a big oak table in a boardroom, having her at a board meeting. So there's, I mean, at page 115, Devin lays it all out. And, and that's when I think about, what's within your control all those things that i talked about that were in control it's like devon took these steps and if you're thinking listening to me they're like oh my god kelly that's too much work 
right? Then I'd say then, then, you know what? A hope and a prayer might get you on a board, but if you want to do this, then commit to doing it. Right. What's an introductory question that um, you should say to some somebody that you know that there are opportunities on the board, but you don't know how to approach this person, not to offend them? Is it someone you know or someone you don't know? Let's say someone you know, because you're already connected to them on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you know what? You might ask them, you might say that you're intrigued to learn more about their board experience um, and that your interest was piqued because you see that they have an active board search. Um, and that might be one of those things to sort of say, you know, you know, then yes, I've got an interest at some point in sitting on a board and I'd love to hear more in, from you in terms of how did you land your first board seat? How do you go about, you know, what sort of skill set? Like, what would your advice be for someone like me if I was interested in, you know, getting on a board? Like, people love to give advice. I mean, we both know that. <laughs> Some Sometimes even without uh, being asked. Uh, let's go to some of the comments. We've got IPO beat Patrick, uh, personally, my husband, great supporter. I'm sitting on his board. A good point on boards, uh, Pruly and her great tale of Halifax board and her intuition. Long story short, she left the board and it had to be ba bailed out. Mm -hmm. um, the, the long story is she actually asked somebody what are derivatives and that someone said i don't know but they are paying us so i'm sitting here <laughs> another one ftx just didn't do board meetings it saved time on minutes smiley face and hey it was all blocks so they knew exactly what they were doing with uh Street on 100 plus company boards well until it all went wrong exactly and there is damage now olga vasina saying um great comment uh, here is her comment. Great convo and love to see you back, Kelly. Wow, two brilliant straight talking women love it. When it comes to boards, Kelly, do you believe there ought to be limits? Example, Cadbury report in UK, which reckoned after six years, no director could be deemed independent to management, for instance. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like I'm like a big fan of term limits. So how long your tenure could be on a particular board. And, and I would say this for not-for-profits as well, not just for corporate boards, term limits, but also, again, the, the thing I said before, like the number of boards, particularly public company boards, that someone can sit on. Um, you just, you, the, you can't have that degree of oversight of what's going on if you're sitting on too many boards. So term limits, absolutely. We can have, and I'm sure we do have, more than enough qualified, um, I want to say non-white males to sit on boards, particularly women, you know, of every board, of every company in the world. But if there's not turnover, right, if there's not an available seat, we're not going to get appointed. So there needs to be turnover. Um, 
And there needs to be that churn for new ideas, more relevant experience. Um, it just, I like I said, that's when I put my investor hat on and said, you know, if I want a better return on my money, I want to see more responsibility paid to who's sitting around the table, um, yeah. you know, uh, Absolutely. A board table. But let's let's um, let's jump over, um, Bietta. Let's talk about those private company boards where we, you know, that the data from your um, the research that you had circulated that eighty six percent absolutely. Yes, and I'm going to ask you a question because uh, there is actually, we, speaking of investors, um, there was a meeting I had uh, last year, um, a new company, and they formed their board of directors, and it was all guys. And when I called it out, they actually said, well, because our investors, the people with money were all blokes, so we need to have their money and their attention. That's why we formed the board and soon we will change it. They still didn't change it. But what do you say to these guys? No, no, no. This is what I say to women. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. the large, let's go back to Beata. The largest wealth transfer in human history is going on right now. There are women who have the means to invest in an early stage company. There are women who should be actively investing and raising their hand to be on boards. And this is why I absolutely love the organization, The Fourth Floor. Uh, they bring together, I wanna say, to cre either create advisory boards or where there's the investor board, women with uh, women investors with women entrepreneurs. So some of this, you know, sitting here in New York City, I know a lot of women of means who are like, oh, I want to be on a board. I'm like, so invest. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, that's that's what they would say, that's what the male investors are doing. Mm -hmm. Those early stage investors are getting on those boards to watch their investment. So mm -hmm. we can rail, you know against the guys for not having us at the table. So go get your seat on the table. Those dudes bought their seat on the table. Go buy yours. <laughs> <Can't play laughs> <any> <laughs> right, Kelly, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We've got uh, three more words, three more comments, questions. So let's get to um, what you were thinking. You wanted to specifically target us and tell us action points. Yeah. So first of all, I'd say to women, if you have an aspiration to be on a board, look at your experience and look ahead. Okay. Like if you can start raising your hand for the types of experience that boards are looking for and overcome that because the overcoming that bias that they want CEO, C-suite, P&L responsibility, international experience, heck of a lot easier to start planning for that earlier in your career than when you're looking at, you know, a career retirement or something later. Okay. So there's that Two, um, once you sort of have that kind of a look at where you can directly or indirectly start networking with people on that boards. So that might be, all right, can I, is there a not for, you know, community board that's got, you know, a bunch of banking executives on it. And you know, that those people are, you know, on boards or connected on boards, like pick, those kind of activities with that sort of intention. I sat on a not-for-profit board for years 
and it had pretty much everybody in the restructuring world and people who had been like sitting on boards or could appoint people to on boards. Now I believed in the cause, but I also was looking at who's the board members because what's what seeks what in addition to my good charitable work what else do i want to get out of the time i'm spending and that sounds maybe sounds very cold and calculated but hey with 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week you got to pick wisely if you want to get some sleep and um then the other thing is i would say start thinking about where you're putting your money and if you have the means to be, you know, a qualified investor to start investing in early stage companies so that you can, and as part of that, you're like, I want to be on the board or I want to be like, you want to get that experience, then do it. There's my, there's my three action steps. Totally agree with you. Uh, let's go into Josie. Uh, she's mentioning coincidentally yesterday the EU Commission passed a law which was 10 years in the making together targeting gender equality on company boards. We've all heard about it. Some of us are in favor of it, some against. But what astounds me in this moment is that it actually took 10 years to pass a law which should be not necessary. Board members should be selected on their merits, not their gender. Agree, disagree? What do you say, Kelly? Well, I think you want, you need qualified people there on the board, right? But you've got complacency, as Josie pointed out before, um, you know, uh, and you've got people like, oh, we're putting the best people, but that's where the bias comes in. And we've got an institutional bias, right? And then you've got the old board club, like everyone doing things for their, you know, like people they already know. And we've got the excuses like, oh, we have to have the right mix and culture. So we need to kick, kick it from the outside. So I may not be totally in favor of having to pass laws to make sure these things happen. Um, but I think passing requirements like term limits, I think passing uh, laws in terms of restricting the number of board seats that people can be on at, the, at a time, if not if not a law, then as your policy on a board, because we need turnover to bring in new people. Mm. Well, my saying, my take on that is merit, mac, 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 not happening. It's always the same guys giving people. Right. You know so, what? The, same, the same people passing the laws are the ones who want to sit on those boards. So they're like, but if we let all these other people in, how am I going to get my seat at the table? Absolutely. As Cindy Gallup says, get over it. <laughs> I love Cindy. I love yeah, absolutely. Cindy so much. so much. Cindy, lots of blessing and love from us. Um, now, Dr. Michelle Jalanze, women on boards improves the profit of a company. Absolutely. Under, Dr. Under Michelle? Yes, she's the founder of Women Directors in Malta, and she's been policy making uh, for a couple of years. Unfortunately, change is not happening fast enough, Josie. So as much as we would love to see merit, it's not happening. So we need to make these policies. Catherine um, is mentioning also loving the discussion, ladies. Can you touch on the balance between a 
networking and putting yourself out there to get a seat on board versus B, due diligence that you need to do on the company yourself to ensure you're comfortable and happy and it's a responsibility you are comfortable to take, especially outside regulated sector. In example, to have the ability to say no if you don't think the governance, independence, etc. exists. And if we are talking about due diligence, Kelly is the person to answer this question. Catherine. Well, I think, you know, I talked before about, you know, the networking, putting yourself out there. But I also think this is where you do need to um, know what you're and be comfortable within your own value system. To, to know what level of risk you're prepared to take. You know, DNO insurers, directors and officers of insurers, it only covers so much. I know in one instance, the, um, the DNO insurance didn't kick in until the director had spent five or $10 million of their own money. Hello, right? So this is where I would say on the, the due diligence is do your due diligence and don't allow your desire like oh my god they're gonna pick me i'm gonna be on the board right don't let that cloud like your smarts on all right here's all the things that are giving me warning signs that this board may not be operating or this company may not be in operating in a way and the board is not good doing good oversight and b i'm not going to get tar my reputation is not going to get tarnished by their poor governance so um you know this is where like you know do do see what information they give you know what questions and ask the questions and if they're like, oh, no, don't worry about it, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I am worrying about it. I want the answer. And being comfortable in saying no, I am, thank you for asking me. Thank you for thinking I would be a fit. Thank you for recognizing that my skill set would have value on this board. But here's where I have concerns. Mm, absolutely. Well, it, that just reminds me, um, somebody I know told me that they were asked to sit on a board and when he asked what are the responsibilities, they said, oh, don't worry, it's just, you know, we need to fill the board positions. Mm. Luckily, he said, no, you say no to that. So uh, definitely sound advice do your due diligence and yeah. or we we mentioned you just before we joined our live stream boards crave diverse talent and skill says and this is an amazing time to join a board build your board skills build your network bravo yeah. to this and another comment uh we have totally agree with limiting the number of boards at uh, only only one person can sit on um potential conflict of interest the other and time tenure limit kelly uh thank you leanne uh, lovely to hear back from you now kelly so you start by having a very methodical reproach your think ways how to do it but also i think uh, you sent us some reminders of having like a ticker box for each task you do each week what would be the ticker box for a person who wants to join a board well first i would reverse engineer right like look at the board and like work work backwards right so that literally create your checklist of what are the things that you may need to get in place. What, um, 
what are maybe questions you have? What are gaps in your own experience? Um, who are some of the people around the board? And from that, right, start creating your action list where you might be like, okay, I do have some of this experience that they're looking for, but I'm not expressing it in a way that I could be found because of that experience. So let me checklist item, rewrite my resume. Maybe in rewriting your resume, you need to find out what does a board resume look like? And so that might involve talking to other people about a board resume or doing women on boards or some other program that lays out the board resume. I know the fourth floor has a virtual board boot camp got one coming up, I believe. So, you know, like you say, fine, what does that need to be? Okay. So maybe I have the experience, but I need a resume. What does that look like? How do I get that together? Because before you start raising your hand and saying, Hey, talk to me about boards. They may say, Oh, I'd love to send me your board resume. Oops. Right. And once you do your board resume, you're thinking, what does my LinkedIn profile look like? Is my LinkedIn profile in alignment with my board resume that says, you know, I am the type of person you should look at and consider for a board. So, you know, those, there's that kind of thing. Start looking at, um, all right, what are some of the other ways that I can start networking with people who are on boards or connected to people who are on boards? And there's a variety of ways of doing that. Okay. That may be joining, you know, an organization where you have the opportunity to network with other women on boards or other people on boards or people who are looking for board members, but it also could be things you're already doing or interested in doing. So that's why I come back to the community service, not-for-profit boards, not because you're going to get board experience being on that not-for-profit board or committee that someone says, oh, that's directly relevant to being on a you know, corporate board but you're networking with other people who are sitting around that oak table that you want to be sitting around. And that's why you're picking those kinds of things. Um, so those are some of the things I would start thinking about doing in terms of like a checklist. And depending on where you are in your career, you'd add on that checklist, like, I don't know, go and look at the profile of someone who sits on a board, go and look at, you know, a board search, you know, that where they've got like a board search going on, go and look at that and say, right, what's the skills and experience? How does that map up to the next 10 years of my career? What are the things I haven't considered doing, haven't raised my hand for? Let me give you an example. It was a woman I used to work with uh, when I was in law firm management and she was a partner and she had moved over to one of the big banks. And she was in the business line. Um, and at this point, she was probably in her 40s. And the bank was looking to sort of, you know, a little dangling in front of her, trying to entice her to go and run the foundation. And my question to this woman was when she called me, you know, to kind of talk about this opportunity, I said, well, what's your future? Like, what are your future aspirations? And she said, well, I want to sit on boards. I said, then you cannot take that foundation role. You must take a P&L responsibility role. You're, you're doing this role. What's your P&L responsibility? 
all right, you've had you had in your law practice, you had the international stuff, but where can you get more PL? Can, can you get more business experience? This role of running the, the bank's foundation, I said, you can have that when you've got a lot more gray hair than you do now. But do not you take yourself at this point in your career out of the business line because that other one is not going to give you the same opportunities. Absolutely. Well, um, talking about board experience, I would like to point out the fact that we are connected on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Once you're sitting on that board, make sure everybody knows that you're sitting on it. And also what are the activities you're doing? Because that way other people will notice you. Uh, because if you're sitting down and keeping quiet about that, it's not going to change. Um, you're going to be just hidden in the bushes. And speaking of hidden in the bushes, we've got a LinkedIn user. Well, Leanne, I know it's you. Thanks to my production team. My board position is three-year duration. Well done, Leanne. Uh, excellent job. And thank you very much for helping us women on IT hack the future. Patrick is uh, making a comment. Loving this convo, ladies. Another awesome show. And Beata Young Kelly, how is sharing the love with the brilliant Cindy Gallup? Absolutely. Empathy yes. is our mojo. And empathy is critical when you are trying to get a seat at the table. So speaking about empathy, uh, it was a topic of our previous conversation, Kelly, when we talked about the fact that we are bombarded with these sales speeches on our inboxes. What are the most common mistakes that maybe not necessarily females, but everybody makes in terms of networking? What we should avoid doing if we want to be considered as a board member? Well, I think one of the things to think about is how you're reaching out. And we have our own needs when we're reaching out, but you have to think about why would this other person want to talk to me? What do they care about? How can I have empathy? How can I show that I am empathetic and understanding of their situation? So, you know, take the difference, Beata, from reaching out and saying, and swear to God, this happened to me. Hey, Kelly, I know I can read about your career online, but why don't you tell me about it? No, no, no. Ask a better question. So I think one of the ways you can be most understanding, most empathetic, most likely get people to talk to you is by doing your research before you ask them the question. You know what? I've people have profiles, they have websites, they write books, they do interviews. This is not creepy stalking on the internet. When you say to someone, I've been following your career, I have a similar background. Um, and I know that at this point in your life, you started to sit on corporate boards. Um, I've kind of looked around to see if I could find some information, but I'd love to know how that first one happened. Was that something you were sought out for? Did a recruiter or a headhunter find you for it? Was it word of mouth? I'd love to know, you know, like that storyline of how that happened for you. Mm. And just ask the question and they'll tell you the answer. They might say, oh, it's actually a really funny story. Let's jump on the phone. Or they might say, oh, 
I was headhunted for it. Here's the recruiter that headhunted me. You should, you know, reach out to them. Or they may say, oh my God, it was my brother-in-law. Um, they put me on the board. Or I made an investment. They may get, they'll give you the answer, but like ask the better question when you're reaching out to someone, whether it's someone you know or someone you don't know. Absolutely. And speaking of asking a better question, it shouldn't be a question of, I would like to sit on the board. Do you have any suggestion, right? You need to figure out what kind of experience you're bringing and which board you're considering, whether it's public or private, what what would be the first thing first um approach from kelly advice this is again this is with doing your research so you can say to someone i have an interest in being on boards and i wanted to ask you like x right um i know that as a recruiter you've probably got a stable of people that you with experience that you put on boards what advice or where could you could direct me for advice on nabbing that elusive first board position? You know, I've had recruiters who have said to me, you're fabulous, Kelly, but until this happens, I can't place you. So I've networked with recruiters for years, knowing that they, that I don't have the experience yet for them to be able to place me, but three, four years down the road, they're like, now you do. Now we now, but I've already built the relationship with them. So some of this is like, what's the question that you can put in their head to ask? And that you are you are asking the question with the with a full reveal of that you understand what they are capable of delivering for you. And your understanding of their ability of the time that they can have spent talking to you rather than like you ask a big open-ended question, oh, hey, you're a recruiter and you put people on boards and I really wanna be on one and my resume is attached, can we? I'd be like, yeah, delete, here's my, or sign up for our newsletter. But I would say, hey, there's another action, networking action item. Some of these people who you think may be, you know, the linchpin, the connector into getting on the board, like a headhunter, whatever, like get their newsletter, see what they're talking about. I'm sure a lot of the things when they're talking about what it means to be a good board member, they're putting on a podcast or they're putting it on their blog. Read that information. A, it might find the answer or B, in it, you still may be like, I still have a nagging question here. And I can let them know I have done all this other work, which makes you far more appealing as someone that we would want as a stranger that you'd want someone would want to spend time with. And, you know, you might get that answer to that question as well as a connection. I mean, some of this, I think doing the research, Beata is thinking about how do you make that really strong first networking impression? I think uh, we, uh, as women, uh, are fearing of, um, of actually asking these questions and being ridiculed for the fact that we are considering even this position on board. So the question is really just do it and prepare if you think you're 70 percent prepared you definitely are prepared so and I'm, I'm referring here to the data that says women only um 
uh, ask for a job if they feel at least 90% of qualifications or requirements are fulfilled. So I ask you today, uh, I hope Kelly would vouch for that. If you feel you're capable of being on board, if you feel that you have the experience and you can contribute to that board and you have the time capacity, definitely go for it. Yeah. Now, we have a final comment from Patrick. Fantastic session, ladies. Lucid, common sense, informative questioning, the status quo. All ideal qualities for non-exec directors. Oh, thank you for mansplaining, Patrick. Um, now, uh, we have another topical conversation about that. Great insights, Kelly. Thank you both. And lovely seeing so many familiar faces. Nice to, nice to make some connections to Thank you so much, Lian. Um, now, we are heading towards the end of our discussion. Uh, let's talk about Kelly's plans for the future. Tell us about your book. Well, you know what, can we touch on one more? I wanna stress one more thing for any of the women watching this who are entrepreneurs and have startups. Yes. Put in your corporate governance, your, your you know, the, the certificate of organization, the formation documents for your company, put in there that you are going to have a board of directors and it must have an independent board member. Because then as a founder, you're protecting yourself because we already heard Beata talking about the fact that startups put all, you know, when they get investors, they put all their investors around the table. And as an investor, I'm like, hell yeah, right? Like, this is high risk money. And if I want to keep an eye on my investment as the person who's put in the money, I want to be at that table. So I get that. But as a founder, this is how you protect yourself to have an independent director. Put it in the corporate governance, like, like your corporate formation documents, because then if an investor says, no, no, we don't need it. You're like, no, 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 I have to. It's in my formation documents. I have to do this. So it's not something that's automatically there, but founders, put it in there there you go there you have it put it out there and uh, now kelly your next book tell us um quickly what's the book about and can we sign up for it yeah so if you stay with my newsletter you'll find out all the things i'm doing and you know i'm going to be tapping you and your network all about this but uh there's some interesting research that successful women build different network structures uh, differently. This is not like they, they do network differently in terms of the structure of the relationships they build around them. And it's a model that we, you know, the other, you know, I would say the other, I don't know, the other 99%, whatever it is, women who have these big aspirations, whether it's, you know, starting your own company, getting on a board, whatever. Um, some of the pieces of that research is in book number one, but Book number two solely focuses on this because it is, I want to say it's a recipe that the rest of us can follow to ensure that we have the network health that supports our ambitions. Absolutely. Everyone should build their network before they need it. Um, Kelly, um, I always ask, uh, imagine the pandemic is over. Now, there is a tradition in Poland that for Christmas, people prepare extra seat at the table so they have dinner for a special guest in case it appears who would you like to invite 
to your empty seat and who would it be and where would you have that Christmas table if you could dream of having it somewhere in the world? Oh, there was a really inspirational woman um, who I worked with, uh, Maureen Donovan, and um, she just had incredible drive style. Um, and I would love to have dinner uh, here in New York with Maureen. I wish she was still with us. She was just the kind of role model, you know, graduated from law school when there was like four women fought to get a, you know, her first, you know, corporate law firm job, um, you know, was very tactical in terms of changing practice areas because she was driven to make partner. Uh, she was very egalitarian on who she worked with. Um, and uh, I would, I would love to have dinner with, with Maureen and probably, I would say one of my favorite restaurants uh, in New York, uh, Le Grand Louis, beautiful French restaurant, extraordinary floral uh, displays. I'd like to be there at a table with Maureen watching the New York life go by and just having a good time and a catch up and a cackle. Absolutely. Well, uh, I don't think it can happen if uh, since Maureen is no longer with us, but uh, her thoughts are with us. <laughs> Well, I hope you will have uh, dinner with me sometime once I'm in New York. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I would like to thank ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for your lovely comments. Uh, thank you very much to Leanne, uh, Patrick, Josie, Olga, Michelle, Catherine and Anne. This is your time to hug the future and this is uh, as always time to remind you about our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes look for something positive in each day even if some days you have to look a little harder if you don't like something change it if you can't change it change your attitude next week we are going to have our guest talking about how to get digital transformation right with google join us next week thank you very much kelly for today's discussion i thank wish you. you hacking the future and hacking the board's position or whatever position you're dreaming of see you next time